Uh, today, I'm joined by my friend Sarah Rose. Sarah is a sex and relationship coach based here in Austin. Actually, was following Sarah's stuff for a while, super interesting content. And then we met at uh, one of the Skyline dinners put on by Tim and Ton and um, have stayed in touch ever since. And I really appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. Yeah, it's so good to be here. So I actually haven't been in Austin almost for two years now. Oh, well, yeah, I didn't li- know that. living in New York City. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's why we don't edit these episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um I was actually talking with one of my girlfriends from Austin this morning and and she was just like, Sarah, I miss so much the community that you had here. And I was getting all emotional about it with her, like missing my friends. And um, but it's amazing to be in Manhattan. I lived here before I lived in Austin and um I love this city so much. So it's but you know, there's just the give and take of life, right? Yep. So you uh, totally. transition, you lose some things and gain others. Yep, yep. So um, I think I'd start off with you know, sex and relationship coach. I know what that is. Um, but what do you think that people misperceive that means? What is the most common misconception that you think people hold about this skill and gift that you have? So I think particularly when it comes to sex coach, there are more uh, ideas that are not aligned with what I do than in relationship coaching. Um, so, you know, people are very familiar with therapy and going to couples counseling and things like that. So I think when they hear relationship coach, there's probably more aligned with those types of ideas. Uh, which I'm not licensed as a therapist. I don't diagnose or anything like that. Um, but there is a lot of crossover and people that work with me and also work with therapists, uh, their therapists regularly report back to them like, hey, this coaching program that you're in is amazing. Keep doing it. You're making such great progress. Uh, but when it comes to sex coaching, I I think people tend to, there's just so much taboo still on the dark side of sexuality and um, people's own hangups around it due to cultural and religious conditioning um, that people go to, okay, well, is she a sex worker? Is this hands-on work? Um, things like that. And, you know, there's not anything wrong with sex workers or um, hands-on work at all. It's just not necessarily the work that I offer. Um, so there's, I think that's probably the the biggest misconception. Interesting. Interesting. So when um, uh, we're focusing on men for this particular episode, but do you, when a man comes to you, what do they, what do, what are they most commonly bringing to you that they need some help with? A lot of men today are really struggling with performance anxiety when it comes to sex. And so this whole culture, uh, really the last 10,000 years of patriarchy, we hear a lot about it from the feminist perspective and how it has negatively impacted women, especially when it comes to their sexuality. But it's also impacted men negatively almost as much, right? There's this there is this cultural narrative around men being the those that are sexually privileged and 
uh, women have been not privileged when it comes to sex. And yes, there is a lot of truth to that, but I think we're really missing a big aspect of how patriarchy has also um, really damaged men when it comes to their sexuality. So performance anxiety is big. That is uh, the number one reason I work that men come to work with me. Um, they don't know how to satisfy a woman sexually in bed. They have premature ejaculation or delayed ejaculation. They have erectile dysfunction. Um, and when they're coming to me, they're coming because these things are uh, based in their psychology and their emotions rather than just purely physical, which from my perspective, nothing is just purely physical. We have emotional bodies, energetic bodies, mental bodies, and physical bodies. And if all of those aren't aligned, nothing's going to be working right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that I can see that. Um, we were talking a little bit before we hit record about kind of the theme that one of the reasons I reached out to you is, you know, the whole theme of this podcast and community of the third way is to present a third way of looking at all of the stuff in life, particularly around sex, religion, and politics. Um, and so this is my observation as a, you know, straight white male, um, you know, so I understand that that has its own lens, um, is that it, that male sexuality, at least in the American and U.S. culture, um, is is often seen through the, a binary lens, um, which is on one side is the uh, boys will be boys, um, apology, apology, you know, like being non-apologetic about behavior. Um, it's kind of that frat culture, bro culture. That's on one side of it. And within that, that seems to be a subset of just sort of like uh, transactional sex um, is the way I would describe it, um, which is just a bartering chip to get a need met. Um, on the other side, and you touched on this, is deeply influenced in U.S. culture by religion and the uh, the idea that sexuality in general is is frowned upon. But to break it down by gender, female sexuality has been seen as more of a threat, but it seems like male sexuality has been seen as a threat as well. So that was a long setup for a question. Um, but do you agree with that premise that that's generally the binary lens that male sexuality is presented in? Yeah, there's, there is, this is a generalization, but it tends to be, you know, if we, if you're not, you're not a man, if you haven't fucked enough women, women, just get out there and have as much sex as possible with as many chicks as you can, that type of thing. It's not about connection or intimacy or love or any of that. It's just very transactional. Like you said, just fuck. It's almost a numbers game. Um, and then the other side of it is, uh, don't have sex outside of marriage. Sex is dirty, shameful, sinful. Uh, don't masturbate like that very puritanical style uh, of influence that a lot of men struggle with. So which of those do you think is more damaging to a man's sexuality? I think they're equally as damaging. I do think that religion and the brainwashing that comes from religion uh, creates a lot of trauma. So a lot of people that I work with have religious trauma, both men and women. And that religious trauma is one of the most difficult things to truly escape from. Um, so I guess if I had to choose, I would choose that. 
Um, just because, and, and maybe it's because of my own background. Um, I have religious trauma from my upbringing. And so that is the, the lens that I see the world through. Um, and it's tends to be a lot of the clients that I, I work with because of that, they resonate with me. So it could be my own bias. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I was raised too. I was raised in a fundamentalist Christian uh, home and then was actually in the, this church for many years. And that's the, that was the conditioning. Um, thankfully, you know, over the last decade or so, I've shed, I think most of that. Um, and maybe all of it actually to be more direct about it. Like I don't have any hangups that way anymore. Uh, and partially it's because I have learned that I, what I would call cosmic sexuality or cosmic sex, which is it's not about the orgasm. It's not about the, um, the activity. That's, those are the, that's, the, that's, you know, that maybe the orgasm is the applause for a job well done, but it's not the point. The point is what I referred to or was commonly referred to as cosmic sexuality, which I think is the third way. And much of what I know about that I've learned from following you and reading your stuff too. Um, and I'm curious about this idea of cosmic sexuality, almost the spiritual side of sex. Um, and we know this about us humans. We're trichotomous creatures, you know, where we're, we're a neocortex with mammalian and reptilian uh, brain cells. And we have a soul, you know, in the sense of like, there's a, there's a, there's a trichotomy to, to who we are. And I'm curious about um, this idea of cosmic sexuality is like, what how does when someone starts to embrace this sort of higher conscious view of sexuality, what starts to change in their life? How does it how does their world look different when they start to raise their consciousness as as across life, but especially related to their own sexuality or the act of making love or having sex? Yeah, so I love working with people and helping them see sex and their sexuality as a fuel for the rest of their life because it is such a powerful energy, especially um, I coach through the the lens of Tantra and this Kundalini energy that yeah. uh, we have access to in our bodies. And when that Kundalini energy is awakened and it's this force moving through our body, my men's program is actually called Man on Fire. And it's sometimes that Kundalini energy feels like these rushes of fire through our bodies. And that is this amazing fuel and this that we can put into our relationship, into having sex, into businesses. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs that need to have high energy, that need to be able to perform at really high levels. And when they're channeling their sexuality in this way and they've got access to it, that create gives them access to higher states of creativity. Um, and, you know, like you said, those higher states of consciousness where you're moving beyond the duality, you're in this state of non-duality, you can see beyond the right and wrong, you can see beyond just the mundane of every day, and really use this to impact the world in bigger and bigger ways. Uh, I love working with people that are thought leaders and visionaries and they're like really in the state of, okay, we have this moment in time where we can use the technology that we have, all the great minds that we have to save the planet, literally, like that's where we're at right now. And how they can use their sexual energy to help them with this, to help them with this creative thought process that is so necessary right now. Um, 
to solve a lot of the problems that we're facing. Yeah, interesting. Super interesting. So there's the New York sounds. <laughs> yes. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about when when someone when when someone decides to they begin to embark either working with you or their own journey or a combo to embrace this idea of of cosmic sexuality or or elevated tantra um, you know kundalini all that. Well, before I say that. I, I, I say this to friends and lots of people, which is kun, uh, um, sacral energy, second chakra energy. It, sacral energy is sexual energy and creative energy. It's the same thing. So if you want to, in my, in my observation and learnings, it's the same thing. So if someone gets to that state of consciousness, what are the most significant changes they need to make in their lives? So, you know, they have this transformation, but when you transform, lots of things around you change. So what do you see as, stuff that is kind of on the other side of that sexual awakening or sexual connection to the oneself. Yeah. It's a really empowered state to be in. And yes, Kundalini awakening is often a very messy process. It shakes up a lot of the old dead stuff that needs to be shaken up and removed from your life. Imagine pruning a tree, you know, getting rid of the dead leaves, all of that. Um, and it, it's a clearing, a cleansing process. So it can often be that there's a lot uh, accompanying it that is, um, you know, shutting old relationships and friendships and ideas and belief systems. And um, it's not necessarily just this, oh, happy-go-lucky process of like, oh, I'm enlightened and I'm in bliss. <laughs> it can be quite painful to go through that process. But when you get to the other side, it's so much lighter and so much better. Um, and <laughs> somewhat, unfortunately, you tend to get to the other side and just find like, oh, there, now there's more work to be done. Yep. And I, I get to do more so I can continue to elevate and evolve. <laughs> so yeah. It's yeah. a journey for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's that idea of any awakening. Um, and I think that there is um, that cosmic sexuality or the spiritual side of sex is all part of an awakening. I don't know <clears throat> if you awaken, go to higher conscious and your, you know, sexuality may, may be, may come into, uh, into your forefront. Like I, my former partner um, didn't really know she was gay until she had an awakening and like a spiritual awakening, a much deeper awakening. And then she started to peel away and, um, I've always had shame associated with my like sexual energy. I've always been, I'm told I'm too much and I have learned and rechanneled and that's a topic for another time, maybe. Um, but that kind of leads to this kind of, maybe we'll wrap with, with this is, um, what do you think men, straight men need to know or learn or, or they need the most training in related to female sexuality, straight female sexuality. What do you think? What would be some things where you'd be like, man, I wish men knew this. Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's a big part of what uh, my training is. And it's really helping bridge the gap between male men and women. There's such a big gap between us right now. That's just this huge divide. And you see the, the war going on between the genders and sexes and, um, it comes down to 
ultimately we all want the same thing. And I see this over and over. Men and women really desire the same thing. Uh, it's how do we get there? And that's what I help them do. Um, love, connection, intimacy, these are intrinsic to human. Um, men have such conditioning to not be able to have that in their lives. And if they do, it's only allowed to show up in very limited ways. I help men understand like how to experience this in a full bodied way where their entire life is led with this love, this connection, this intimacy. And it's, and it's a very, masculine presence that they have when it comes to this, because a lot of what we see in culture that is described as masculinity is very shallow, external, very ego driven. Um, and it's not based on this integrated internal ecology that is derived from confidence. Um, and so when I work with guys, it's this this internal confidence that comes from this congruency of all parts of themselves. And that helps their external confidence feel real, have depth to it. They're still out there fucking slaying it in the world, but they're 10 xing it because it's coming from the inside out. They don't have to work so hard on the outside when it's naturally flowing out of them. Yeah. And I, you know, when I talk to men about this particular topic, I, I point out that your great gift of the great gift of masculinity, when you're connected to your divine masculinity is intuition. And, and it, it helps you when it comes to sex, it helps you like really tune into your partner in a way that is not about technique. Certainly there's a level of skill, you know, and, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours and all that. That's true from a technique standpoint, but the mindset of, of elevating your intuition and also, I love what you said about confidence because confidence is the ultimate aphrodisiac, but it can't be fake, especially if you're, if you're in a partnership with an awake woman, she can s- smell bullshit machismo a um, thousand miles away. Um, and so like that real intrinsic confidence that come, confidence that comes from that you've stripped away all of the social conditioning and you're just you and it's pure. There's a purity to it that I think is often very much misunderstood mm. um, in, in, out there. And, well, this was great. Again, I say this at the end of every episode. I wish we could talk longer, but, hey, I picked the format, so I guess we better stop. Um, um, I'll put um, links to your, your stuff in the show notes. And I highly encourage um, any man or if you are in a relationship with a man that could use Sarah's um, uh, gifts, uh, I would strongly encourage you to reach out. So thank you for doing this with me. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.